is Isma to Gwendolyn, your host. Welcome to the Garden Space. We're here for episode 11. In an essay that I have chosen to call Radical Self-Love Does Not Mean You Lie to Yourself. Instead of willing myself to love something that I simply do not, what if I was honest in my self-loathing? What might I be compelled to change if I did not feel morally bound to positivity? We are here. It is a Tuesday in December. I thank you for listening to The Garden Space and for making me a part of your day, week, life, whatever. I hope the work of your day passes through your hands with ease. I'm here to bitch a little bit about endless positivity and the idea that self-love means that you like yourself all the time because I am in profound and staunch opposition to that idea. So much so that I wrote a whole essay on it. So much so that I'm making a whole podcast essay on the physical essay that I wrote about it. We remember that The Garden Space is both a newsletter and a podcast. So if you are not signed up for the newsletter at ismatu.substack.com, you are missing a lot, including a lot of great extra goodies that are held behind what I call the close friends only version of the Substack in which I talk in a little bit too much detail about my life, particularly my life that is a little bit too clandestine to be uh, appealing to employers. So if that's appealing to you, go ahead and mosey on over there. But For today, I am doing one of my one-take readings of an essay, again entitled Radical Self-Love Does Not Mean That You Lie to Yourself. These are one-take readings because I don't enjoy the process of editing and I especially don't enjoy how polished the process of editing makes me. I feel like it takes away from the authenticity that I experience in writing essays and in creating art that I intend for other people to listen to. So. I always read it once. I read it once all the way through. Whatever it is is whatever it is. And however I am is how I come to you. I also have to apologize for my absence to anybody that enjoys the podcast without being on the Substack. If you knew I was on the Substack, you might know why I was gone. But I did so much outward grieving, outward expressions of heartache and anger and betrayal and deep sadness that I lost my voice. I did so much screaming, yelling and crying that I lost my voice. So I was unable to podcast because I sounded like a, I'm still pretty raspy, but I sounded like a raspy, gremlin-esque mess. And I was not about to subject everybody to that. So I waited. In addition, I'm going to list all of the jazz music playing in the background, A, because I don't want to fight with copyright, and B, because I sincerely love jazz and I want to make sure that y'all know what I am listening to. So without further ado, an essay that was once entitled, I would rather dislike myself than lie about it. Listen, obviously it is not the ideal situation. I would like to be a person that is 100% made up of things that I love. I would like to feel about myself the way I feel about the spring and bloom in awe of my perseverance, excited for inevitable beauty, up every day new again, chilled at the frost but delighted to thaw out once more anyhow i wish that i found the scent of myself as intoxicating as petals on a warm fresh breeze i wish i woke up every day giddy and blissfully in love with myself and sometimes i do many days in fact i do i try to find time every day to take my favorite lotion and run my heart and hands all over my back and body slowly and with feeling to relish the touch of myself. Sometimes I go to bed clear-headed and perfumed and sweet, smiling simply to myself about another day well spent. And not every day is perfumed, well-kept bliss. Sometimes I stink. Sometimes I stink foully. 
loving in the command form. The self-love, trademarked, movement has darkened our doors with a relentless and unyielding bid to love yourself. Not only is it an ask, it is a requirement of the heady, the holy healing journey. The call to love yourselves at all times is designed to be a difficult, though somewhat impossible, oh sorry, a difficult, though somehow not impossible task. I would like to remind the readership here that I am a therapist by trade and by training, pre-licensure. I have no beef with cultivating a relationship with yourself that is loving and genuine. I am also critical by nature. I cannot help but be skeptical of this particular demand of loving branded as growth and self-exploration, especially since we exist in a society that hijacks the meaning of health and wellness to value production. I will always raise a brow when we are pushed to dispositions, it is easy to be productive from. It is easy for me to complete the tasks of my day when I am satisfied with myself. It is easy for me to pull myself out of bed when I have a good working relationship with the person that stares back at me while I brush my teeth. It is far easier to pretend to like yourself than it is to reckon with self-dissatisfaction. I am drinking, um pistachio tea with rose and vanilla mm. i'm sorry i should have told you that ages ago a multitude of problems arise when self-love is a compulsion and an obligation rather than an easy and genuine reality i'm gonna run that back for you it is far easier to pretend to like yourself than it is to reckon with self-dissatisfaction and a multitude of problems arise when self-love is a compulsion, when self-love is an obligation, rather than self-love being an easy and genuine reality. At least that's what the case for me. I do not enjoy obligation, and I do not enjoy viewing love as a chore. So, this compels me to ask, why can't I just dislike myself in peace? I saw this wonderful video with Nikki Giovanni saying that one problem she notices amongst young people is that we don't like ourselves very often. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I think if I had the surety of years and decades with myself, I would likely settle into the person I am at the end of every day and say, good job, body, for surviving another day and have that be enough. But as a young person, that's not really for me in this stage of life. I'm still getting to know me. I've changed a lot over the course of things, this whole grand 24 years. I haven't had a lot of time to meet this person I'm supposed to love so much. I dare say that there was likely a time when Nikki Giovanni was young and probably did not, on the whole, love herself. Youth makes it easy to have criticisms. Fondness of myself has most definitely grown with time as I've settled into this body and this skin and the scarring a little more. Forcing self-love did not make loving myself any easier. I don't care what CBT says, it doesn't. It doesn't. And anyways, I don't know that dissatisfaction has to negate love. Let's get specific. Why don't I like myself? What is the root of my self-loathing? Am I disappointed with myself? Am I frustrated? Am I ashamed? All of those feelings can exist peacefully with the tenets and the duties of love that I have committed to right now. I don't like the fact that I'm not very vulnerable. Right now, the person I am, I would rather just fall off the face of the earth and not say goodbye to people that I love. 
over letting folks that love me know that I am scared and struggling. That's not my most favorite characteristic. In fact, I think it's pretty childish, childish and cowardly. And it's something about myself that I would very much like to outgrow. Why would I want to run or change that emotion? Feelings of dissatisfaction, they're here on purpose, trying to tell me something important. Maybe that is negative self-talk, calling myself childish. I mean, okay, a bitch is negative sometimes. I think disliking yourself can be useful. I already know that I as a person am predisposed to acting selfishly and without strong regard for others since childhood. I know that to be true about me and I saw the consequences of choosing the easiest path for me at the expense of other people that love me. It's okay for me to feel badly about myself if it's true and I learn things from it. Or actually, in fact, even if I don't learn anything, it's okay to feel bad because quote unquote bad feelings are perfectly okay things to feel. This is an aside, but I wanted to make it really clear. Emotions don't need to have a good or bad moral weight to them. Emotions do not need to have a good or bad moral weight to them. My feelings do not justify their existence to me. You do not need to have a proprietary relationship with your own feelings. I certainly do not own my emotions. I house them and I try to make sense of them. I don't want to talk like my feelings owe something to me because in my space, in my garden space, they don't. They're allowed to just be them. I know this is a bit of an aside, but I really want everybody reading or listening, I want you to know that the option to coexist with emotions that don't compel you to productivity, that's a perfectly fine way to live. I don't think that that's anything that a therapist should be therapizing you out of. It is okay to not like yourself. Also, I am not all me anymore, if that makes sense. There's not, there is a not insignificant percentage of me that is made up of grief, for example. Also, like something arbitrary, 12%. 12% of me is just grief. I am never far from that sort of deep-rooted sadness anymore. I know that I am not sadness. I know that I am not my sadness, right? That I'm someone that houses sadness or that feels sad sometimes. However, chronic sadness is a part of me. It's part of this patchwork quilt I'm making called life. Anyone that has ever lost anything significant or anyone significant knows that there are some things that simply don't return. And in that person's stead, in that person's absence, there is the presence of grief. If I, and I've said this before, am an amalgamation of people that have built me, when those people die, what takes their place is grief on my person, like fingerprints on my heart. I don't have to like that reality to make peace with it. I'm never gonna like grief, ever. But that doesn't negate a loving relationship with grief or a loving relationship with myself and the person that grief makes me, which is honestly a little unhinged. The pressure to like yourself is not just fucking exhausting. <laughs> it can be stifling if you would be better off telling yourself the truth. If I don't like myself, so what? So what? I haven't committed some great sin. Not liking or loving oneself does not always indicate some grave betrayal of selfhood. Sometimes it's just the unfortunate reality of a situation. Why should I make apology for that? 
And further, how much easier might it be to do right by myself if I didn't consider some feelings unacceptable or unfeelable? What if I just allowed myself the freedom of the full range of human emotion without recourse, even if it was unpleasant or inconvenient for me? Here, I included a picture of myself when I was 22. I think I was newly 22 in this picture. And I'm smoking a cigar. I'm sitting um, on my back porch in Chicago. It's The sun has just set, but it's the thick of summer. So I know it's like 9 p.m. I'm backlit by my... I'm backlit <laughs> by my um, apartment. And I'm halfway through this cigar. There's smoke coming out of my mouth. And I captioned this picture. I didn't necessarily like myself in this picture, but I liked who I was becoming. And that's true. Final question, since I'm sitting here laying out all my grievances, what does liking or loving myself even mean? Because I feel like I can love myself without liking myself. Have y'all never had siblings? Have you never been hung up on a bullshit nigga? What if I am the bullshit nigga of my life? What if the summation of my parts is really just not shit? And not even in like a, I don't deserve shit or I don't deserve good things way, but I'm just not doing right by myself. What then? There is some truth in the practice of affirming oneself. The fake it till you make it versions of self-love. Those are designed to change your self-perception. And they can help a lot with adjusting a lens that is incredibly and unfairly self-critical. In addition, there are some parts of me that I straight up do not like. Sometimes my dislike is not from a distorted view, but it's because I have fallen out of my own commitments and standards of selfhood. The next part of this essay is entitled, A Therapist's Ode to Negative Emotions. Self-awareness is realizing that there is actually plenty of reasons to have beef with yourself. You are a full and complete person, and that includes flaws that sometimes affect the people around you adversely, even the people you love. In fact, especially the people you love. Your actions have consequences. If one of the consequences of acting nuts is that you like yourself a little bit less, so be it. The further my politic develops, the more fang she grows, the hungrier she gets, the less I like past versions of myself. There are many ways in which I have been hurtful to people that I should have protected and advocated for. There have been many times in which I was dead fucking wrong. I was dead wrong. When I realized that, do you know how I felt? Shame. Disappointment. A deep, slow, aching sadness. Those are reasonable responses to realizing how you fuck up. There is no need to run from those emotions. The task of self-love is not liking yourself in and through all things. The task of self-love is figuring out how to love yourself and be disappointed with yourself at the same time. The true task of love is present in the moments when you are ashamed of your actions. Unconditional love means that loving love has to Learn to coexist with every condition your body and mind could be in. Unconditional love means that love has to learn to coexist with every condition that your mind and body could be in. Sometimes my body and my mind decidedly do not get along. Is the most honoring 
self-honoring path forward to pretend that that's not happening? Are we certain? Because that to me sounds like a great way to have a breakdown. Radical is a word that should compel you to action. In fucking conclusion, I want us to stop throwing around the word radical if your politic is content with you sitting on your ass. What is radical about the love you give yourself if it does not compel you to better loving? Tell me, please, because the way I see it, I am, if I am convinced, one, that I am not perfect and never will be. If I am, two, convinced that I am a finite being and I will never be more or less than myself. If I am convinced that, three, I can change. And I am convinced of all these things that I am not perfect, that I never will be, that I am a finite human being and I will never be more or less than myself and that I can change. If I believe those three things, then that means that to be in love is to be in constant motion towards something better. To be in love is to constantly be in motion towards something better. Love is an action and love is a state of being that compels you to action in and of itself. Not only is love a verb, love is an action. Love is a noun. And that noun, definitionally, to me, is the state of being that compels you to action. I firmly believe a much more radical way to love myself is to be honest. No, I have not liked every iteration of myself that I have come across. There have absolutely been times in my life, situations, and circumstances in which I was dead wrong. Like, I mean dead wrong. No, I don't like that heifer, but it's not beef. You live and you motherfucking learn. I can forgive myself without liking myself. I can rock with myself without liking myself. It is uncomfortable. It is embarrassingly clunky, but it is honestly better than lying and faking it until I am full of whatever kind of self-love that is. Because for me, faking it means that I will be full of artificial regard and manufactured gratefulness for my choices and the circumstances that erupted from them. What did Ariana say? I said, arms crossed with that attitude, lips pouted. If I'm mad, I ain't gonna lie about it. Neck roll with that attitude. Yeah, our biracial queen. <laughs> More importantly, <laughs> yeah, I was wrong for that. More importantly, just because I don't like myself that much right now does not mean that I need to self-sabotage. You know how much bullshit? Hold on, let me bring this nice ass jazz music closer. You know how much bullshit I was on in the year 23? I regularly did not like myself. Every now and again, I was on the brink of a seriously poor decision. And I would have to look myself <laughs> in the face and say, Ismatu, you hate yourself and that's fine. But you don't hate six-year-old Ismatu and she is counting on you to keep the promises you made for yourself. And you don't hate 35-year-old Ismatu and he is delighted that you were steadfast to yourself. And you don't have to like yourself. You don't. But you are so not allowed to fuck up their lives. And you know what? That was honest enough for me to regulate my alleged drug use. Okay, it worked. I don't know. I don't have to know. It worked. I don't like, I don't have to like myself or enjoy every bit of myself to value it. I don't have to find pleasure in every moment of my solitude to love myself. I don't think there is a person outside of me walking the earth right now that is 100% made up of things that I like. So why would that be my own self-expectation? I think better questions would be, what kinds of love do I never wish to withhold from myself? And 
What kinds of love are impossible for me to nurture for myself all the time? And when I am wallowing in self-loathing, those feelings don't go away just because I squinted meanly at them and called them unproductive. I did not magically find a new pot of grace to bathe myself in because I ran out of patience with myself. Sometimes I am on some bullshit. Sometimes I really am tap dancing on my own last nerve. Sometimes I have to make peace with that to really be able to grow and stretch into my new skin. So in summary, I am caught in this constant process of becoming. I don't have to like the look of my molted skin for me to find value in that moment. I don't know that I have to strive to like or love or cherish or whatever myself. I think for me, those are secondhand items that come from approaching my own personhood in sincerity. The only thing I work towards actively is peace with all of the selves that I am accountable to. I find peace and I breathe deep and sometimes I am happy. I find peace, I breathe deep, sometimes, sometimes I am happy. Oof. Thank you for tuning into this episode of The Garden Space. The Garden Space very well might be changing its name sometime soon, so watch out for that. It is still the same good old Ismatu talking the same old bullshit. If you liked this stray petal from the garden space, feel free to share it and blow it in somebody else's garden. I really appreciate that. In fact, my most favorite compliment is comments or ratings or emails or whatever, however you choose to get into contact with me. But emails, comments and emails and ratings are the best way to make sure that I see you. However, however you choose to get into contact with me, my favorite compliment is I told somebody about my in my real life about what you said and we talked about it. Oh my gosh, be still my beating heart. You mean it? I was impactful enough to your day such that you felt the need to say, hey, loved one, let's talk about this thing I heard. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I appreciate every single one of you listening. We have listeners from across the world and that makes me filled with glee. I love and appreciate all of you. And I will see you next time. And I promise to never be this gone this long again without telling y'all why. I hope you have a good rest of your day. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I hope the work of your day passes through your hands with ease. Until next time.